Welcome to the God's Revolution Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kelly. In this episode, we're talking with Frank and Sherry Pomeroy of First Baptist Church in Sutherland Springs, Texas. You'll recall that's where, on November 5, 2017, an armed man opened fire during Sunday morning worship services, killing 26 people, including nine members of one family. In the aftermath of that horrific day, God has worked in wonderful ways to heal and redeem lives. And the Pomeroys, who themselves lost a 14-year-old daughter in the tragedy, spoke with us in a profoundly transparent way about the struggles the church has experienced and how a wide range of redemptive relationships has helped traumatized families move toward healing. Frank and Sherry Pomeroy talked with us in a Zoom internet conversation. The following interview has been edited slightly to offset audio difficulties caused by the internet connection. Frank and Sherry, welcome to the show. We're glad you're with us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. You know, everyone I know is aware of the tragedy that occurred at First Baptist Church of Sutherland Springs, Texas, on November 5, 2017. Uh, That story has literally traveled around the world. I'd like them to also know about how God has moved in the aftermath of that atrocity. Uh, to touch hurting people with his love, and to bring healing and restoration to their lives. Uh, I know you have a lot of stories to tell. Uh, Could you start with how the Lord used relationships in the church itself? Well, when you think about the relationships within the church itself, immediately after the tragedy, uh, everyone came together. And I I want to broaden the terminology a little bit more than just the church itself to community just because the uh, community came together along with those within the church because pretty much everyone within the church was in a hurting position at the time and was holding to one another but if it hadn't have been for the community and and others coming together as well that could have possibly been a sinking ship but because we were able to all keep our eyes on the lord we held one another, we prayed with one another, we struggled with one another, the community included. There's many in this, this was a close-knit community prior to the tragedy. And we like to say this tragedy did not define us. If anything, it has drawn us closer together. Yeah. And we were able to come together in prayer and focus our hope on something beyond ourselves to the community and the community to us. And we were able to let God's grace just kind of mend things from that point forward. The relationship between the church and the community was already founded before the tragedy. So those relationships were intact ahead of time. And the reason those relationships were founded ahead of time is because that's what we're supposed to do as a church is to go out in the community and share Christ. So we already had those relationships established. Can you give me some specific examples of how, uh, how people stepped in alongside in the the first first day or two well at the time sherry and i got here there was already people that were here handy this is south texas in south texas it's hot even in november Uh, (laughs) so there was people here immediately handing out water there was people uh, helping families that were trying to figure out whether their loved ones were in there or not once they found out those loved ones were in there getting them to counseling or settling folks back and forth to hospitals. There was prayer. There was 
taking care of one another's animals and yard uh, coming together and just as you would expect within a family biological family the community came together and the church came together as a as a godly family and a communal family and did that for one another so that we could specifically focus on getting those who are in the hospitals well keeping their spirits up focusing on god and with each other as we were we were trudging through the swamp trying to help others through the swamp and we needed some to keep throwing those you get tired you need people to keep throwing those life rafts if you will down in there to help tug you along sometimes to pray with you and remind you that that there is hope beyond ourselves and it's in christ my aaron and er was the pastors from first baptist Carn city and the pastors from first baptist yorktown they came beside me and those first couple of weeks are still somewhat of a haze to me however they were here logistically they were here spiritually they were here to take care of sherry and i and help us to focus on the people and not the logistics of what was going on and it, it was probably two weeks in before i realized they had put up a fence around the the church and the property and i'd been walking through that fence every day and then it dawned on me where did this come from and it, <laughs> my analytical mind kicked in and i had to ask start asking questions guys how is all this coming together? And that's when we realized that the uh, Baptist Children Family Services and these two pastors, that just Kevin Denning with them and these two pastors and uh, Pastor Paul from River of Life uh, Church was being a command post for all that. It was just so many things came together to help us through to get us where we needed to be. So the relationships in the community played an extremely important role it sounds like you you mentioned family services children and family services i know there were a lot of other uh organizations from and from outside the community itself that came alongside to help some of those um other churches uh some of them uh, of course first responders and state organizations like that can you tell us a little bit about how the uh, the wider circles of relationship how god has used those to to minister in that in the crisis and since then well i would say uh, uh, baptist B, bcfs as i said they they came in with boots on the ground and really was a logistical uh angels as far as getting thing getting us through the those first few days but then north american mission board and the southern baptist convention uh, were here dr gaines and dr page and Dr. Zell, they were they were all here almost immediately for support, spiritual, financial, just really in those initial days to help us realize because we didn't have a church, we didn't have a built, we had a church, we didn't have a building, we didn't have the logistical things to continue to have services, but yet the following Sunday here was this huge tent supplied, and for several Sundays, and then we had all these different chairs and and video and musicians and they were able to bring all this together and then the north american mission board uh kevin gazelle and, and mike ebert come in and and tell us that they're going to help us with our church and they're going to help us do these things it, it just allowed us to focus on the survivors focus on the families and not have to worry about the day-to-day -day. and then the southern baptist of texas convention they came in and said, Pastor, we're going to pay your salary for this next year. Worry about how you're going to try to get ends meet so you can focus on your people. 
that may sound like a trivial thing per se, but not having to worry about those those day to day things allowed me to focus on the spiritual things. Mm -hmm. uh, and then in the immediate time, we had the uh, the I, I can't say enough for the government here, the state of Texas, uh, Governor Abbott and Senator Cruz have walked with us, and Mike Pence, the vice president, they have walked with us every step of the way. And Governor Abbott has gone well over and above to make sure needs have been met. People have had things come together. Anything we needed from the state, he, he made sure that it was coming to be. I, I, am, I have been utterly flabbergasted by the imprint that Senator Cruz and Governor Abbott has made. And, and as I said, Dr. Gaines and his wife was just a, an incredible uh, to shore ourselves up to, especially Mrs. Gaines. Her, her prayer, I don't know if you've been around Miss Gaines much, but when she prays, I think the heavens open in here. <laughs> and it's, it was just a lot of those kind of entities came together to help us spiritually along, as well as the physical. You mentioned uh, the cruise, uh, so I'm aware that, that Lifeway uh, Christian Resources gifted you with an Alaskan cruise. Um, can you tell us how, uh, how that worked, how relationships with others on that cruise helped the two of you experience more healing, uh, more restoration in your lives? Yeah, we were very blessed to get to go on that uh, cruise from Lifeway. We were, um, well, surprised to say the least. I was kind of starstruck uh, meeting Beth Moore up on the stage last year at the Man Luncheon. And um, we, that was about at the, I think it was June. So that was about at the eight month mark. So it's still very fresh. And that was the first time we were able to go away, get alone, and really regroup and, and rest. That was the first time that we had gotten to do any of that. So I, I think that was very instrumental in, in part of our healing. Beth Moore, I kind of look at she's a, a ladies pastor, and I'm just going to hang out. But it ended up the relationship with her, her spirituality, her her team that was there. I, mean, I think we made some great relationships with some of her team who were just prayerfully working with her for her messages and everything she was doing, but yet took time out of their day every day on the ship to check on us. Are y'all okay? Do you need anything? Is there something we can do for you? And pray with us. And though I, I know what it's like to have to choreograph a major event. They did not need to take that time to make sure we were okay, but yet they did it anyway. And I don't believe they did it out of duty as much as they really cared. And that, that means and speaks a lot to a healing as well. So what, what takeaways, uh, in retrospect, can you share with us about God's people being used by the Lord uh, when others around them are in crisis? You know, the, the number one thing I tell folks to remember, one, is you don't have to speak. Let God do the speaking. Because oftentimes when we think we have to say something, we say the wrong things to someone who's really in pain and hurting. Best just let God speak and or just be the hands and feet of God. But two, I always, what I did from the very get-go and what I was trying to foster amongst the, those around us to reach out to the community and to the victims and to the survivors, of, I mean the families of the victims and the survivors, was to remember that that 
propensity that we have, I mean, that, that ability to go to God with hope, to put our hope not in the moment or in the situation or circumstances, but the best thing we can do for one another that's in the midst of any trial, I think, is to remind ourselves and each other of the hope that there is beyond ourselves. Don't focus on yourself in the moment, but look to that person outside of there. And if each person's looking outside and looking ahead and looking up, we're going to be able to move forward. We're going to move ahead and move up. But if we allow ourselves to just sit and look down, we're not going to heal. We're just going to sit and and stagnate, if you will. And that was the primary thing I would say. The takeaway is watch what we say. Because some people, you know, one of the things that was told Sherry one time was, uh, well, at least you have other children. I don't believe they meant that maliciously. They were just trying to find some something to say. And instead, it really sent Sherry, that was not, that just was not a good thing to say. So I try to tell people this, it's sometimes best just to not say anything at all. Uh, how can we continue to pray for the two of you uh, and for your, your church and your community? You can pray for us by praying for our remaining children. They have told us that they have grown closer as a sibling group, but they feel like they've lost mom and dad as well as their sister mm -hmm. because we've been so busy healing and, and helping others heal. It's just, it's a hard place to be. A lot of our children are wayward right now. They're, they're angry at God and they're not doing well. Our own children. They did not heal as well. And I'm afraid I might not focused on them as much as I was trying to get other families through. So that would be a good friend. But the primary thing I ask folks to pray for is to continue praying for those that we still have some who have lost so much that, and they're still very emotionally unstable and fragile. And and I, I just pray that we will continue as a family. Sherry and I can always and will always covet prayer, but we also are part of this bigger family of the church body that. When they're hurt and we're hurt, and I just pray that we can get continue to grow. One great thing about Vacation Bible School right now is seeing so many kids here and laughing and joking and the, and the ornaments and everything. Uh, it, it fosters again and gives us a, a little bit of normalcy back to be within a, our own church with, with decorations and laughter again. And God will use those things. And that's why I pray it continues. I'll tell you my favorite story is about Carla, and she was um, instrumental in our VBS. Uh, she was a prayer warrior. She was my best friend. She raised uh, my kids in the youth group for all, all seven of my kids, and she was a, a valiant prayer warrior. We had a piece of property between our sanctuary and the highway, and it was about two acres, and she would walk the perimeter of that highway, of that property along the highway, praying that God would give it to us. And Frank would often tell her, Carla, we can't afford that. We've already checked into it. And she grabbed him by the face and said, I'm not praying that we can buy it. I'm praying that God will give it to us. And in the aftermath of all of this, the land was, in fact, given to us without a penny of money coming from our budget. It was all donated, and God gave it to us free and clear, the land between, the land that Carla walked for years. 
And the only other thing I would say, brother, is that um, one of the problems or chief things that I try to, to point out with churches today is we, we have become a people in a church body oftentimes that has relied more on our education than in the, than the spirit. I think what, and, there, and don't get me wrong, I love, I, I'm glad I have my degree and I love an education. However, I think it was the spirit that sustained us through the tragedy and now is supporting and building us since the tragedy. And I just praise God that we had, we were adhering to the spirit prior to. And so I try to tell pastors and churches, make sure that spirit's strong in your church. I pray that no one has to have 26 funerals in two weeks. I, I pray that, I pray that the record that never gets touched again, but whatever the problems may be that do arise, be ready in the spirit prior to so that in the midst of it's there to sustain you and give you the, the wherewithal to make it through and then there to support you thereafter. This we get complacent with our education and I'm afraid the enemy takes control or not to control the enemy takes advantage of that fault oftentimes. There's nothing more precious than time and I know you two are more aware of that than many of us. I'm grateful for the time that you've given us this morning. Uh, Amen. Thank you for talking with me. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. We have a link to First Baptist's Facebook page in the episode notes on our website, godsrevolution.net. In our podcast, we talk with interesting people who understand that true justice arises out of personal transformation and that broken souls and communities experience transformation through redemptive personal relationships with God's people. We hope these conversations will help you understand how you can join God in His revolutionary work of restoring justice to our broken world. If you have a heart for issues of kingdom justice, please visit our sister site, multiplyjustice.net, which is a clearinghouse for information about a wide range of justice issues, as well as various types of helpful resources and also contact information for trusted partners who can help you do justice in whatever arena God is calling you to serve. The God's Revolution podcast is a production of the Multiply Justice Network.